All right, dude, here's a couple of phones in three, two, call 615-844-5600. Brett Cianzia picks up previews with us talking college football. Brett, are you depressed? Today is the last day of the portal for this window. Has that got you down a little bit? <laughs> hey, good morning, Bill. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I finally can uh, see how the, uh, the the carousel has worked here once the dust settles and see where everyone landed. Um, of course, it's just the first window of many. Um, well, it'll heat back up after spring ball, I'm sure, uh, after the you know spring ball season, after the depth chart has been released. Uh, so it's just the beginning. Georgia Dog down on the Emerald Coast says, ask Brett, are the football gods going to get an ulcer approving Georgia getting a third national championship in a row? Well, yeah, that would certainly be history. I think uh, the last three-time back-to-back-to-back champ, you got to go back to Minnesota or maybe Army in World War II. Uh, probably before that, the uh, Michigans and the Yales and Princetons of the world. So it's extremely rare, unprecedented in the modern era. So, um, but when you look at that schedule, they don't need too much convincing. I mean, it's uh, Ball State, UAB, UT Martin in the crossover, I mean, in the non-conference, and uh, Georgia Tech is down, going through a coaching change. And in the cross division for the SEC, you avoid Bama, avoid LSU, and avoid A&M, who might be improved with a you know, a blue-chip roster. So, uh, very doable. They're, they're definitely the favorite to be back in Atlanta. Uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. Brett Ciancia, pick six previews with us. What do you concentrate on this time of year? Yeah, so I'm going through running my stats, my numbers. Um, you know, now the, the national title finished up. All the season stats are locked. So I'm doing a lot of the numbers work right now. It's a little early to be talking to head coaches and talking to coordinators. I like to do that around spring ball or after spring ball once they have, you know, a better look at their new roster. Um but I did talk to uh, North Dakota State's head coach yesterday, uh, the Bison, and um, you know, we were just talking about analytics, advanced stats. He's really into the numbers and wanted to pick my brain and uh, the, you know, the numbers that I use in, in my book and my research and vice versa. You know, I want to see how he applies it to his program. So a ton of respect for them. They're obviously the, uh, the, the gold standard in FCS football, and uh, just cool to see that they're using the numbers on their end. So. But mostly, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of waiting until February, March, April to be talking to most of my Power 5 head coaches and coordinators. Rumors, and I don't know if we have confirmation, that A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, their best receiver, not named Brock Bowers, and again, we can make him a tight end or receiver, but and he had injury problems this year, but played well down the huge, huge play there in the Ohio State game. Anyways, there's rumors he's going to be in the portal. Now, they have taken two receivers in this transfer window, one Missouri, and they've taken also Rara Thomas out of Mississippi State. Have you heard anything about A.D. Mitchell or know what's going on there? Um, no, I haven't heard. Um you know, of course, he had the big national title catch two years ago in the 2021 national title. He seemed to really uh, come up at the biggest moments uh, with catches. So um, I know that he has a special place in Georgia football history with the national title touchdown. 
Um, yeah, I haven't heard the rumors on that. I know they did sign two great ones. You mentioned Rara Thomas, Mississippi State. Also the top transfer in the entire portal right now, receiver, uh, Dominic Lovett coming from Missouri. So, um, you know, just the rich get richer in college football. That's just how it goes. So uh, they'll be fine regardless at, at, at receiver. And uh, it looks like a really complete team. I think the stat was that every every guy that scored a touchdown, uh, not counting the quarterback, but, you know, the receivers and running backs and skill guys, they're all coming back for Georgia. Um, just goes to show you, this was supposed to be the rebuilding year uh, after losing 15 draft picks and an NFL record amount of defensive draft picks. Um, you know, in the rebuilding year, they put together almost a more impressive season. So, um, you know, they're going to be loaded again next year. A lot of talk about Walker Howard, too. Legacy, LSU legacy, Jamie Howard, his dad. And he did enter the portal. He's visited Georgia. Excuse me. He's visited Ole Miss. Check that, Ole Miss. And also TCU. And there's talk that maybe Ole Miss is going to get him. Do you think he would be a legitimate competitor with Jackson Dart this spring, if indeed he does go to Oxford? Yeah, well, the early indications have him going to Oxford um, to be uh, to be competing right there for the Ole Miss job, and um, I don't think that he would pick a school that he couldn't compete at. So um, I think that's just how it is nowadays. Even if you have incumbent starters coming back, I think that every job is up for grabs, especially the quarterback job um, at a lot of these schools. So I think someone that highly touted, I think he was a five-star out of high school, one of the top uh, quarterbacks ever recruited by LSU. I think someone of that stature, he's going to go pick a place he can compete at. So, yeah, and that if he's going to end up going to Ole Miss, that means we have a quarterback battle down in Oxford. Yeah, what's your when you evaluate Jackson Dart, he certainly does not have the arm talent of Matt Corral. It's probably not a good comparison, but but he's not that level of a quarterback. But how would you critique him? Yeah, well, losing Matt Corral, I mean, that's a, that's an all-time Ole Miss legend, really. So, uh, it was tough to, shoes to fill. Um, if you remember in spring ball, he earned his job. He beat out Luke Altmaier. Uh, it was a pretty contested quarterback battle up there. Um, but, yeah, when you look at his stats, he was kind of middle of the pack this year in the SEC. I think he placed seventh in the in the conference in the all-encompassing QB rating. Um, you know, it, it actually turned out to be more of a rushing attack, uh, more than usual for Lane Kiffin's offense. It was really strong on the ground. Defense was strong. So it kind of took a little bit of a step back in the pass game. Uh, I think he was 20 touchdowns, 11 picks. So, you know, there's room to improve. It wasn't a bad year, uh, but it wasn't uh, an elite, you know, top three in the conference kind of year. So it does leave the door open for, for a battle, especially with a five-star coming in. And um, we'll see. But I think Luke Altmaier himself, the, the other contender, he transferred out. I want to say Illinois, but don't quote that's me true. on that. I'm still, yeah, true. still catching up on our carousel here at quarterback. He's with Burt in Champaign, Illinois. Tom in Myrtle Beach says, I have three questions. When will the preview book, 23 preview book, be released? Can you pre-order? And also wants to know, this is number three, can you buy his mini helmets in non-Power 5 teams? And he, he is in Myrtle Beach, so he's talking about Coastal Carolina. Yeah, well, thanks for the questions, Tom. This is a great question this time of year. Um so at first with the magazine, I'm targeting July again. I think that, that timing works for everybody. Um, gives me time to get refreshed uh, a- after spring ball, you know, to get the book updated for roster changes, transfers late in the game. So I'm looking for July again uh, for the release. Pre-orders will come out a lot closer to the day. That will be more of a May, June, July thing. Uh, that will be up on pick6previews.com. But I, I really do appreciate that 
Uh, maybe I should work on getting that earlier if there's demand uh, for a pre-order button, but that's coming. I uh, really appreciate it. And then for the mini helmets, yeah, these are the two-inch pocket size helmets. Uh, I, I do power five sets, and, yes, I do all kinds of teams, non-AQ, Division two, FCS, high schools. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, if you're a collector or want to get started, um, it's all conferences. I got throwbacks. You know, I'm, I'm really – I have a lot of attention to detail, if you couldn't tell, but I love designing these. So you can get me there, pick6previews.com, uh, brett at pick6previews.com to email or just message me on Twitter. Uh, at Pick Six Previews, so people can send you special orders, right? Yeah. So by now, I've probably designed about thirty team sets, and that's going back. Um, you know, any any helmet design the team has had from nineteen sixty on. Uh, you know, ten to twelve helmets per per team. Um, yeah, I take requests. Um, if you have a certain school or a conference, you know, I got a request for the old Big Eight conference. You know, he said, "Show me uh, designs from 1975 from the Big Eight. So, uh, really, anything you can think of, I can pretty much do it. Um, at high schools, yeah, I've done those. Um, and then uh, FCS, Division Two, II, Division Three. So, yeah, requests definitely, and I'll let you know if I can handle it, and then we'll go from there. What's the most popular one? Well, you know, uh, the NFL, I hate to say, I know we're college football guys, but um, the NFL this year, the way they added their second helmet policy, uh, where teams could add in an alternate uniform, that, those were booming this year because everyone wanted to catch up with their NFL collections. Um, it's a bit more manageable there. It's only 32 teams, so when teams come out with a new one, they want to update. So I think NFL was big. Uh, this year in college football, specifically the Tennessee black style was, was big, and then the orange that they came out with a couple weeks later. Uh, the Tennessee alternates were big. Um, what else? I mean, of course, Georgia's big right now. But uh, And then in terms of team sets, I'd say the Utah Utes were the biggest team set this year, just the way they kept adding really cool alternate uniforms, all the tribal themes and um, and, and TJAL memorial helmets there. So um, I'd say that's the biggest team set. You've got months to – Get down on paper what you think about various teams. Florida is interesting because we know what they can be if they're right. They could be what Steve Spurrier had there. They could be what Urban Meyer had, or they could be a big mess, which has been on and off for 10-plus years there in, in Hogtown. The Jaden Rashada story about – he signed with them, but before he signed with them, which makes no sense, he got a termination letter from the collective about the money that they agreed on. And he was due a week from Monday to enter school there, which he did not do. And now the word is he's applying to get out of his national letter of intent. So he'll end up somewhere else. When you look at Florida, and they have Graham Mertz, as we know, which does not move the needle at all for me. How are you going to evaluate them? We don't need a prediction, but, I mean, that's that's a situation that if I'm a Gator fan right now, I'm not real comfortable. Yeah, uh, these kind of signing day drama stories, they happen a lot of places. There's usually one or two of these big ones every cycle nationwide. Uh, you never want to see it happen to your your school it's a little bit different now that there's uh, extra deals on the side of the NIL, the, the, the legal papers there. So um, definitely a new territory there. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Florida, yeah, th there's two parts to this. Uh, number one, with Florida, you, you already hit on it. What they have to do, they really have to recruit well in-state. I mean, they have one of the best talent advantages and geography advantages in the country. 
it's got to be a top five recruiter every year or most years if they want to win a national title. It's just uh, it's one of the best features of that of that job. You got to go execute it. So um, I don't think they hit that target this year. And I know it was a solid class. It was in that top 12, top 10 area, but uh, not quite where we want it to be. So I'm tracking that here in his second big cycle, Billy Napier. Uh, and then statistically and on the field, it was uh, they took a pretty big step back. The defense struggled in every area. Um, I, I, like I said, I ran my numbers and, and analytics so far, and there's a lot of red, a lot of you know, a lot of bottom 100 uh, stats there for Florida's defense. Um, yes, they had some some success on the ground rushing the ball. I think some explosive rushing numbers were high, but um, overall, yeah, disappointing year. So uh, it's an important swing year here. You got to start to you know hit on the transfer portal, get the recruiting under control. You know, put out this fire with the Rashada uh, situation, and then just get back to playing competent football. So, um, I'm still I'm still believing in it. We'll see. We'll see how this year goes. But uh, the the leash might be kind of short down in Florida. Brett Ciancia, pick six previews is with us, and we always talk college football. Doesn't matter if it's the non-playing portion of the season or not. Is there a team? This is a hard one. That could circumnavigate next season like TCU did. Yeah, well, when we're talking TCU, there's a lot of categories here. They were picked seventh in the Big 12, seventh out of ten, so not on anybody's radar. They had a first-time head coach, or I mean, a, a new head coach. Um, so again, that's even that that limits it even further. Um, the team I'd like to throw in there is Florida State, and I don't think it really fits either of those categories because right. I think they're now on everyone's radar. I think everyone knows what they have there. The reason I mention them is, uh, again, I'm in the stats portion of my off-season research. They look like a, like a playoff team on paper. When you look at all of my 28 stat metrics, it's like Georgia, Michigan, Bama, Ohio State, and then Florida State. They're up there. I know they had the three losses on the field, but just looking statistically only, that was a solid team with very few flaws. A lot of it's back. Um, so I throw them in there. I know this is kind of a different category. Uh, that's, that's a tough one. The, the beauty of it is nobody expected it. Um, you know, to meet that kind of mold, look at a Nebraska. I'm not, I'm not calling for a playoff run for Nebraska, but look for a first-year coach that can make a, a big turnaround. Maybe there. There's some untapped potential. Kind of have the same profile. With TCU, it was a top-20 recruiter. Um, you know, they weren't the, the best recruiters in the conference, but they were in that top three. And with Nebraska, yeah, they're, they're top 20 recruiters. There's a lot of talent on paper there. It just has not been uh, developed or, or met their, their maximum. So first-year head coach Matt Rule coming in um, could get them to, to back to bowl season. I'm not calling for anything higher than that, but uh, should be a, a turnaround a little bit there. Good last question. Top water assassin over in South Carolina wants to know, Brett, how do you forecast a team like Clemson when they're bringing in Garrett Riley, which probably will change their offense? Yeah, that's that's huge. Uh, what it reminds me of this time last year was Ohio State's hire of Jim Knowles. You know, it's one of these superpower programs. One side of their ball is elite, uh, and the other side is struggling. And uh, credit Dabo for going out and hiring one of the best offensive minds in the game right now. You saw what he did at, did at TCU, before that at SMU. Of course, he has some roots there with Lincoln Riley, one of the best offensive guys in the country, uh, his older brother. So, I think that's an immediate fix uh, to, to Clemson's offense. It also makes it more of a destination for some of these top skill players. They want to go play in that kind of offense, and um, and we'll see. So, yeah, so credit Dabo. Um, the offense really held them back this year and last year, really. It's been two years of this ever since Trevor Lawrence left. So you needed a fix on that side of the ball. He goes out and hires the best guy to, to hire. So that's huge. That, that throws them back into the playoff conversation for me. 
Tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, thank you. It's at Pick 6 Previews on Twitter. That's all day, every day in the offseason. And then Pick6Previews.com for the uh, preview book coming out next summer. Good stuff, man. See you next week. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. There you go. Brett Ciancia sent a message to Rusty about A.D. Mitchell, wide receiver Georgia. And he said if he had to bet, he thinks it's accurate that he'll be transferring. So, there you have it. I, I would not go to another source that is higher up the pecking order than Rusty on that. That's a good receiver. That is – and he's he's from here. He's from right here. But, but the rumor is 